You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome back, Legends Live Season 2. Our first episode is presented by the National Basketball Retired Players Association, the home of all our NBA and WNBA legends. I'd like to remind our viewers, you can submit questions during the show. We will answer those before we wrap up. And without any further ado, I'd like to welcome today's special guest. We have got UCLA Bruin. We have former Hornet, uh, Charlotte, and New Orleans. And we have former Golden State Warrior. We've got Baron Davis with us today. Baron, thank oh you for joining God. us. Right. First things first, how you doing, man? How, how are you good. feeling today? I'm good, man. I'm just hanging, trying to get my Wi-Fi to work so I can uh, <laughs> live stream. <laughs> I, I jump right into it. Uh, something I saw you tweeting about, uh, something that everybody was watching yesterday. Uh, what were your thoughts just on the, the actions we saw yesterday, the people storming the Capitol building in, in D.C.? I mean, um one, it was pretty shocking to see. Uh, two, I wasn't shocked at all. Right. Three, uh, at some point, you learn to care and don't care, right? Mm. Um, there were so many questions, right, that were unanswered. You know, in that moment, there were so many questions that couldn't be answered in that moment. And mm. so what I realized was... I'm a black person in America, you know what I mean? And I'm going to make this America what I choose to make it, you know what I mean? And so those clowns and monkeys that were climbing on the goddamn Capitol building, you know, making an ass of themselves, you know, it just, man, it just, it showed, it showed me a lot. It showed me a lot and it showed me where, you know, my power lies and the power and, you know, building the right community and the community of people, uh, you know, could really have, uh, you know, an important part of, you know, uh, how how this country and the rest of the world, you know, see black people, especially mm -hmm. black people in America. Right. We'll, uh, as you mentioned, we'll get to, you know, some of the things you got going on and got your hand in later. I did want to ask, like we saw. The players last night, like the Celtics and the Heat played, they released like a joint statement. They took a knee during the anthem. The Bucks and the Pistons, they each took a knee before the game started. Uh, like, What do you think? What do you make of the, the statements that the players are making? Uh, you know, those dudes, when uh, they couldn't play, they were marching on the front line. Mm. You know, those are the dudes who set out an NBA game because, you know, it was they responded to the pressure of, you know, what they had to do and so that has never happened before and so you know i have nothing but the most respect and admiration for those guys because you know you have to think about where they are where they are in the world you know the pressure they feel the things that they're doing the the they're putting their lives at risk every time they go out there on the court um and i think the most important thing is to really uplift them and and to rock with them 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They are they are built like us. You know, they are, you know, of our basketball DNA. And I think it's extremely important that, you know, we all show unison for whatever they're doing because, you know, uh, that's what we're here for, right? It's for, all, you know, for each one to teach one, but for all of us to really learn from each other, you know, generation after generation. Mm. Now you played uh, when David Stern was commissioner. Now I've got Adam Silver. Like, do you think it would have been, you know, encouraged or perceived any differently under Stern? I feel like he was pretty, you know, open with some of the things he wanted, the way he wanted players to speak out or not speak out. So do you think that would have been different as a former player? Uh, Absolutely not. I think, you know, David Stern was, was right when he handed over the guard because he saw, you know, the direction of the league and where, and where we were headed. Um, and so, you know, it's hard to say what we would have or could have or should have, you know, done with David Stern. But, you know, uh, it was important that he did that at that time because, you know, I think with Adam Silver, you have somebody who understands, um, you know, holistically the, the power of basketball and the influence that we have on the rest of the world. Hmm. And, you know, he's not afraid to stand up, you know, for us and, and, and with us. So I think it's important that that change of the guard happened because we wouldn't have opportunities like this. Hmm. Now, as you mentioned, uh, you know, you felt like part of your, I guess, what you wanted to do was, was give back. I was looking into some of the companies and some of the things you've got going on. Can you tell me a bit about uh, I Am Black Santa, some of the work you've been doing with the the Dear Fathers Network? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I trademarked Black Santa, blacksanta.com, and mm-hmm. built a company you wish that is really a multicultural company for storytelling. Okay. And as a model for, you know, we can celebrate a Santa Claus that looks like us, that has our DNA, our spirit, and the spirit and the embodiment of, you know, what a true Santa Claus is, right? So that help us from, you know, celebrating, you know, holidays, right? We just have a character that now we can have cartoons and, you know, the same thing that Walt Disney did with Mickey Mouse, with black santa and um you know for us partnering with dear fathers i think it's important for us to see positive black role models right for so long um you know even in our past we've probably been influenced to be you know uh perceived as someone that is tougher than what we should be or we have been perceived to be you know, dads who don't love our kids, you know what I mean? Or, you know, it's like we, we don't have, you know, cartoons, commercials, TV shows, movies that show, you know, black fathers in a positive light, right? Um, and so I think for us highlighting and partnering with Dear Fathers and just all the things that are that's happening, you know, um, we want to reverse that narrative, right? right. And I think the more we show who we are, how positive we are, how gift giving, how loving, how we rap, how we dance, how we celebrate each other, right, in a positive way, uh, it's only going to inspire, you know, us to continue to pour into this young creative environment and this next generation and really, you know, hand down the, the informational tools that they need, you know, to really be able to take it to the next level. Hmm. You mentioned you wish you had partnered with Mimo Studios. I hope I'm saying that right to to launch Mimo Sports. 
Now, what what is all is going to be, I guess, under that umbrella of the Mimo Sports? Yeah, so under You Wish, we do a lot of sports content, animation. Uh, with Mimo, we're going to do some uh, live-action movies. Okay. Uh, under that umbrella, under the sports umbrella, some podcasts. And, you know, we're looking at the publishing side, the animation side, and, you know, really building out a sports opportunity for us to be storytellers, right? Uh, I feel like we're some of the best storytellers, and why can't we use, you know, this opportunity with U.S. and Mimo to create, you know, these storytelling, you know, IPs and 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 and, and shows, right, right. that we see, you know, the same results as we're seeing with Black Santa. And so, you know, Black Santa is one of many and, you know, I think many opportunities to collaborate and co-collaborate, you know, with this uh, greater culture of, you know, storytellers. Hmm. Something, it's been the news and I won't ask you, you know, anything about the financial side or anything, but it's been some talk of, of you and Master P getting into the, you know, the shoe game with uh, the company Reebok being up for sale. I'm just curious, like, how did that come about? Like, how did how did you and P link up uh, on that? Uh, we linked up on the call uh, and, you know, some people was trying to put us together and, and, and play in the middle. And, you know, I was like, man, you don't have to introduce me to P. I know P. P took care of me. Right. And P was like, man, BD took care of my kids when they was coming up. And so, you know, the odd man out was the middle man. And that's when P and I decided to, you know, really put our put our brains together and say, you know, there's no more, you know, mar marginalizing us. Right. We have the power, the economics, the wherewithal, the know how to build our own team. And so, you know, with that, you know, we are set out to you know, participate, you know, in, in the negotiations for, you know, Reebok. And, you know, we're putting together the best team of, you know, entrepreneurs, um, C-suites, operators, you know, investors. And, you know, I think, you know, to, to peace credit, you know, he wanted to put that statement out to show that we can be a part of, you know, this greater economy, you know, mm -hmm. if, if we come together. And, you know, for me, I think, you know, the opportunity is to show improve. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And to get it done. Right. And be motivated by execution and purpose. And so, you know, you may not see me out, you know, just kind of uh, doing a lot of uh, the media stuff. But at the same time, you know, I just kind of want to start priding myself after some of the great NBA players that came before me that I've kind of looked up and, and, and idolized the Julia Bridgman's, the Benny Johnson's, Isaiah Thomas, you know, a magics, uh, you know, so, um, you know, I'm just inspired. Like we got an opportunity to do something mm -hmm. and it's great. I'd seen like Allen Iverson mentioned, like he's definitely one of the old, uh, the bigger names when you think and see, Reebok. So is that is that something that that AI? I ho hopefully he he's been in the mix here. Yeah, I mean, right now you know it's it's Reebok is AI. AI is Reebok. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the questions that people are asking are questions that are uh, answers that you know you can ask yourself. Uh, 
obviously Allen Iverson is a huge um, part of Reebok, part of the legacy, part of basketball, part of basketball history. And you know, AI is somebody that, you know, for me, it's like this is a huge motivation for, you know, why we're doing something like this because he deserves not only his roses, but his just due and his, you know, his seat at the table because a lot of these uh, big corporations have been built and companies have been built on our, you know, blood, sweat and tears and injuries and, you know, failures and successes. And so, you know, it, it, it'll be a great opportunity to be, you know, inclusive in what we're looking at um, and, you know, being able to have a shot at, you know, turning a company into a minority, you know, a black owned minority owned uh, corporate company, uh, you know, in this country. I think the time is now and it's time for us to start thinking about each other that way. You know, when we are at All-Star Weekend, you know, it's time we start thinking about each other and pick up the phone. Uh, you know, legends, current guys, guys who are in transition, and, you know, start to flex and show our power. And so, for me, I'm just humble for the opportunity. You know, uh, when I think about anything that I'm doing, I always think about, you know, that word up top, all the legends, and those are the people that I serve because those are people that came before me, you know, and the people that I battled against that, you know, I have the utmost respect for. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, switching gears a little bit, something else I saw you uh, tweeting about, and we'll get to some of your thoughts about the general season. But you were discussing the other day, do you think Giannis has reached his ceiling? I thought that was a, a an interesting conversation that you were having. Yeah, I was having that conversation. Y'all can tune in on to our, uh, our Slick Sleeper fantasy uh, basketball show uh, called Who Got Game. Mm-hmm. And really, we just been having, you know, legends and, and, and dudes pop in and really talk about the game. And so that was a conversation that, you know, Stack and, and the crew we were having. And for me, it's, it's – I don't think that Giannis has reached his ceiling, but I also I do think that, you know, Giannis has a lot of uh, potential and room for growth, right? It's when and where is that going to happen. Right. and. You know, I think for me, it was more so, you know, I I don't blame players. You know what I mean? I blame systems hmm. uh, because, you know, uh, every player, you know, one, he's a back-to-back MVP. But, you know, I think that that team has a uh, – they are a very well-oiled machine for regular season. Yeah. And, you know, they never figure out – how to play for a championship towards the end of the season. Right. So they're always the team with the least momentum, right, heading into the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? And I fought that from the fact that, you know, Giannis is only playing 30 minutes or they're just blowing people out right. in the season or folding, you know what I mean, in big games or sitting people. I, you know, I don't really know what it is. But I know that, you know, in order to – for him to transition to that next level, he's going to have to do that in the playoffs. Right. So what else have you – just in general, like we're, I guess it's week two of the season. 
Like, have any, you know, teams jumped out at you? Any players, like, they've taken a leap? Any rookies you've been particularly impressed by? Uh, LaMelo Ball, of course. Okay. Uh, uh, I love my L.A. kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm glad John Wall is back. Definitely. Uh, you know, the Bradley Bill and Rush show, I think people are sleeping on them, especially in the East when you got two guys who can really get down. Um you know, uh, obviously, being a, a longtime Laker fan, I love what the Lakers did. Uh, but I also uh, feel like Paul George has something to prove. Definitely. You know, the Paul edition in Phoenix is, you know, uh, an incredible one. It's good to see the Knicks, you know, winning and playing hard, uh, you know, with Tibbs there. So, you know, it's uh, it's a lot going on in the league, and I I just think that everybody right now in these first twenty five, you know, thirty games, they just shaking the trees, you know, to see, um, you know, who and what is going to happen. But you know, I would say uh, excited to see. You know, I think the East and the West is great balance, Definitely. right, top to bottom. You know what I mean? And even the, you know, you talking about ten teams in each league that all have an opportunity to be good teams, right? And they all um, have super talented, you know, players or a superstar or two that could get hot at any moment, Um, you know. So I'm excited. I'm just excited about the season. Uh, I'm excited about our show because we get to feature legends and talk to, you know, different people about, you know, just the raw facts, raw opinion about the game and have some fun. Definitely. You mentioned you grew up a Lakers fan. Played with the Clippers. What what do the Clippers have to do for LA to become a Clipper town? Uh, they need to hire me as a uh, marketing director. There we go. Probably. Okay. Uh, that would be a, a good start. Uh, they got to probably pay all the debt back to all the players that Donald Sterling was racist to. Right. Uh, they have to do more stuff in the community. So it's a lot of like you know, interior cleansing that the Clippers have to do. But uh, on the court, uh, you know, they just have to put together kind of like uh, a winning ethos, right? And I think, you know, you know, credit to Doc, you know, he tried to bring that. But at the same time, like, you know, people say that the Clippers are cursed and, you know, have to be cleansed and you have to be whole and have a whole new – you know, mentality, you know what I mean, and and vibe. And so, you know, I think that it, it's going to start with, you know, how this team is being built mm-hmm. around Kawhi, around um, uh, Paul, Paul George, Patrick Beverly. Uh, yeah, and I think them losing Montrez Harold was not a good, good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh Picking up Nicholas Batoon has been a good, you know, a good situation. Very good signing. But I think the Clippers are still the point guard away. Okay. Uh, even though, you know, I love Patrick Beverly, love his energy, what he brings to the table. I love Batoon as another, you know, big, big, big ball handler and playmaker, you know, sort of uh, out there. But, you know, the Clippers need playmakers, right? right? You, uh, you have Deadly weapons in Kawhi. Uh, they have deadly weapons with Lou Williams, mm-hmm. right? But you have to have that initiator, right? right. You have to have that facilitator that Somebody knows. The table. That's why, 
you know, they fumbled last year in the playoffs because they didn't have, you know, um, that person on the court who understood time, essence, score, vibe, rhythm, who all we need right. is a bucket right here. You know what I mean? Right. Just Getting got- Kawhi the ball in the right spot. Or- yeah, totally. Let's see if we got any questions in the chat that we can show up on the screen. We've uh, got one from the real uh, Matt here Money here. Now, yeah. yeah, there we go. Say, did you feel like had the best? I had the best on-court chemistry with, I would say, um, you know, i say it was a lot of dudes. You know what I mean? As a point mm-hmm. guard, like, you got to develop chemistry and a rhythm with everybody, right? Um, you know, uh, I would say I, I, I never played with, like, a real superstar, you know what I mean, so to speak, but I played with stars, you know what I mean, and dudes yeah. who can hoop and dudes who can get down, and I just – you know, I knew where Mass wanted the ball. I knew where I can, you know, where I, me and PJ had our connection. Me and David Wesley, he, you know, he taught me a lot. Um, you know, uh, the list goes on. Monte, Jay Ridge, you know, Steven Jackson, that was a special team. Jamal McGlure, mm-hmm. you know, that was that was a special team for me. Um, you know, it, 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 it I mean, it's just the chemistry with your teammates is like for me everything I strive for, you know, every year that I try, you know, that I try to suit up. Definitely. Let's see, we got another question here. Yeah, from Cliff. So, would love to hear a little bit about the Drew League and the documentary you did about it. Yeah, so the Drew League is a league here in LA. Uh, you know that it started, you know, way before I was born. Um, but it was a way to keep dudes off the streets right. or good enough in high school and college, but just didn't have nowhere to play. Mm. So, so it took place in Watts on the east side. And I was privileged to play like when I was in eighth grade because my coach's team, they didn't have another player. And so <laughs> I remember playing in the Drew and like I didn't pass this dude the ball and he cussed me out. <laughs> me up man and, and then uh, everybody was like yo bro that's a little ass kid like oh <laughs> um, then he like had to apologize <laughs> i was like no it's cool but it's I, all right yeah i got a chance to play with grown men in an environment like that and like on the east side late 7 30 at night on a thursday you know in that type of environment in that type of you know uh neighborhood and, you know, for me, it was like to take that, take the Drew and the show its evolution of a little engine that could in the documentary and show how it's now become one of the top, uh, um, one of the top, you know, summer leagues across the country. Definitely. Let's see if we got, oh, another Drew League question. Kay Crutch says, who is the greatest non-NBA Drew League player? The greatest non-NBA Drew League players, uh, I would say it would be Gumby, Kenny Bruner. Um, it's a lot. Raymond Lewis, but I think he did play in the NBA. Um, John Staggers. Uh, just a lot of dudes who, you know, in L.A. should have made it, you know, and should have had careers in the NBA. And, you know, unfortunately, I mean, they, you know, unfortunately didn't make it. Let's see, we got it. I've got a question from Mike here. Mike says, of the thousands of posters you have put people on, 
Which one was your favorite? I really got no favorite. I wish I had like a highlight reel of uh, <laughs> all the big deals. I dunked on some uh, seven footers, but I would say, uh, you know, the Garnett one was special. Uh, for me, I always remember the one when I dunked on Ben Baker because he thought he blocked the shot, and that was just a funny <laughs> thing to me, dude. It was the funniest thing. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I was, you know, it's just all of them to me was, was something that was memorable because, you know, I used to practice on the dunk courts, right? And once I learned how to dunk on the dunk courts, I would catch dudes that were way taller than me. And I was just like, Lord, if I can do this in the NBA, you know what I mean? Like, I catch a couple bodies. And so it's, it's, it was quite fun uh, going that route. Let's see. I think it may have been our last viewer question. One more thing I'd like to ask all our legends. We're, we're putting together a playlist. We just dropped the first one. So you'll be our first track on season two. Give us a song, anything that you listen to when you on the, you know, on the road, working out in the house, playing golf, anything. What are you listening to these days? What am I listening to these days? I'm listening to Bard Oatmeal. Okay. My, that's my own album. <laughs> okay. Like, let's you guys see how it sounds? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's coming out this year. So, you know, people have been telling me to put my album out. So I, that's what I've been listening to mostly. But, you know, I do listen to, like, Kendrick, J. Cole. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of her. Okay. Yeah, that type of vibe. And then, you know, I, I DJ, so it's 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 10s, 20s. So you playing it all. 60s, 50s, <laughs> going, you know. <laughs> Play a little bit of everything. You know. And uh, before we let you go, so where can we, you know, find out more about some of your business ventures? Like, where can we hear the show, see the documentary? Like, tell tell the people where they can where they can find you. Yeah, you can find uh, me personally. Uh, you can find me at I am Baron Davis uh, or Baron Davis on any of my socials. BlackSanta.com. Uh, that is a website for multicultural content for holiday characters, uh, and then Slick uh slicksports.com uh that is our sports uh site where you know it's sports lifestyle and culture so an insider perspective on the game inside the game um and then at big summit is uh bigsummit.co you can check us out where we're having you know a lot of uh the business conversations and interviews and town halls and things of that nature Got you. Well, we'll definitely check you out there. Baron Davis, we won't take up too much more of your time. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you, boss. Have a good one. Of course. Of course. You too. And that'll do it for this week's Legends Live. Uh, got new episodes live every Thursday. We'll be back at 5 p.m. Eastern next week. You can catch us on the NBA Alumni Twitter page, the Facebook, the YouTube, and the Twitch. Like to remind viewers, you can watch replays of any episode, season one, or again, season two, legendsofbasketball.com slash legends live. You can catch the audio replay if you search for Legends Live on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. So I'd like to say thank you to Bridget Behind the Scenes, and we will see you next Thursday. <laughs>